Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. Ways. Now, a few months ago, I used the word plethora, and uh, that means a whole bunch. I'm giving you six, but there are a plethora of ways that the Holy Spirit enables us in our movement towards sanctification. But like I said, I've given you six. So your homework then would be to find out what are some other ways besides the six that Pastor John gave that help me, empower me, to become more like God the Son, Jesus. The first one that we're going to look at is the Spirit illuminates the Word of God. I thought that was interesting. I didn't really even plan that. But that last song we sang said, uh, Spirit, illumine me, uh, Spirit divine. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is a really interesting verse because it talks about the Holy Spirit knowing the mind of God. All right, talk about, talk about, a, talk about a big time job. The Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, knows the mind of God the Father. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Actually, let's look up at verse 11. Actually, let's look up at verse 10. (laughs) But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, uh, foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can get to know God better. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God, and with God the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the Spirit then illuminates the Word of God, so that we can know God better. Probably it wouldn't be a bad idea every time you open God's Word that you might say a prayer, God the Holy Spirit, divinely illuminate your Word to me so that I can know the thoughts of God. Probably be a good idea every time you open the Spirit. With knowing God better... We have access to biblical wisdom 
and biblical truth through the Holy Spirit. Paul, the Apostle Paul, explained it to the church in Ephesus this way in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 through 23. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now, listen to this. That power, the power that we have, the job of empowering, that's our sermon title, the power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is inside us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nobody. You know, I'm, I'm really, I mean... My, I just got a little faith. The power that raised God, Jesus, from the dead is living inside of you in the form of the Holy Spirit. So that's why it's pretty cool that the Spirit illuminates the Word of God. And probably we should pray each time we open the Word that the Spirit would illuminate His divine revelation. So one of the ways that the Holy Spirit empowers us so that we can become more like Jesus is he illuminates the Word of God for us. That's the job of the Spirit. The next thing is the Spirit leads believers into all truth. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, if you want to look there, John 14, verse 25, he says this, all this I have spoken while still with you, but, he says, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and here, this is great, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit in this verse a Counselor. The word could also be translated Helper or Advocate. The idea is, is that the Holy Spirit is our legal counsel. The Holy Spirit provides divine counsel to believers. God the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God for understanding. And then here's the part that I think is important. And then the Holy Spirit leads us to practical application of that truth. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I went golfing with Derek. I remember Derek, he was our intern here for a while. And uh, Derek hit a pitiful shot. A pitiful shot. And so the whole way down the fairway, I am harassing him on his pitiful shot. 
Derek, that was, that was, I can't believe you hit a shot like, I was harassing him the whole way down. And we were not in a cart, we were walking, so it took us a while to get to the ball. He finally got to a ball, and his ball, it was out in the field somewhere, and, and uh, he looked at me and he said, have you ever read Ephesians 4.29? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit convicted me because... Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only such a word that is helpful and builds up the person that you are with. That's somewhat of a paraphrase. All right? So, the Holy Spirit then told me the truth of that verse and said to me, John, you need to work on that. And I said, yes, I do. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit with God's Word, Ephesians 4.29, and that conviction led me then to go to our men's group and say, guys, I have a tough time teasing and so will you please help me to not do that quite as much as I currently do that. Right, guys? In the men's group? Yes, yes. And Tony is all, Tony and I spend a good chunk of time together. And Tony and I now are, are assisting each other in trying to have godly words. And the, the reason that happened, for me at least, was because the Spirit led me into truth. The Spirit from Derek, using that Bible verse, led me into truth and then practical application, find some people that will help me in that area. And that's how the Holy Spirit helps us live out God's truth for our sanctification. All right, number three. The Holy Spirit empowers us to witness if you take a look at Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells the disciples to hang around a little bit in Jerusalem, and he is going to provide for them the Holy Spirit. He says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, this must have completely went over their heads because the next thing they say then is, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to, to, uh, uh, of Israel? Are, are you going you to come back and, and do your thing and, and uh, let us get rid of the Romans and you know, do all that? And I love this next verse. Jesus said to them, hey guys, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But then here's, here's his uh, kicker. He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Completely changes the whole direction of the conversation. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then after he said that, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them, uh, hid him from their sight. 
That promise of the Holy Spirit, those of you that are familiar with the book of Acts, happened in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. If you want to go over there, it was just a few days later, maybe four, five, six days later, Jesus says, hey, go back to Jerusalem, wait. They did. They were together in an upper room praying. They were together. <coughs> and uh, what happens in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, is when the Holy Spirit then came upon those believers. It says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, at this moment, were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, if you go on and read the rest of that, in Jerusalem at that time, there were a whole bunch of other people speaking all different kinds of languages. And it was interesting because uh, the disciples were speaking the languages that those people were able to hear. It was a miraculous thing. Some made fun of them, it says in verse 13, uh, that they had too much wine. But then in verse 14, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. Hey, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. So he's saying, hey, we didn't have too much to drink. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But then he says, what is happening was foretold in the prophet Joel. And then Peter goes on in verse 22, he says, Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you <clears throat> by miracles and wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you and he goes on and preaches an amazing sermon. Indwelt by the Holy Spirit, a month earlier, Peter the denier now becomes Peter the evangelist with God the Holy Spirit living in him. And at the end of that chapter, in uh, verse 41 of chapter 2, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So here's a little uh, homework for you again. Go home and read Acts chapter 2 about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and then how Peter preached this sermon about Jesus and people were cut to the heart and became Christ followers. At least 3,000 were added to their number daily, those who were being saved. How did that happen? Well, by the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling Peter. And as I shared before, we have that same power available to us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. And so possibly a daily prayer could be for you. God, the Holy Spirit, enable me to use your power to be your witness today. That could be a, 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 a prayer. <clears throat> You're going to have to excuse me, but i got to go get my coffee. It's cold, but I've got... Number four. 
The Spirit helps us overcome the evil one. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. So what we're talking about is the Holy Spirit that indwells us. After He indwells us, He gives us the power to live godly lives. And these are six things. And this is number four. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome the evil one. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Paul says, So I say, live by the Spirit. And and right at the top of this, I I, I have uh, 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 the word, uh, or or two words, and, and it's highlighted in yellow. Monumental verse. All right, I got that on the top of my my uh, Bible here. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the legalism of the law, what's that? That's what it's saying. But rather under uh, under uh, grace, you are under grace. <clears throat> God has given us His Spirit to help us fight off the devil and sin, and become victorious in our Christian life. If we live controlled by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our sinful nature. If we are controlled by the Spirit, we will not desire or gratify the desires of our sinful nature. <clears throat> How many of you know that Diet Coke is not good for you? All right. Diet Coke is not good for you. All right. How many of you like to drink Diet Coke? All right. My friend Howard, he's a pastor at uh, Hunter's Ridge in Hutchinson, one of our sister churches. He says that he hasn't had Diet Coke for three years. And so he said the other day, he said, I thought I'd just try it for the heck of it. And he said he did. And he said it tasted awful. He said it tasted awful. And I said, well, I'm just, I'm having a hard time thinking that I should give up Diet Coke because I really like it. And he said, he said, here's the scoop. (coughs) And he brought it spiritually. He said, he said, this is a, a fleshly battle versus a spiritual battle. And he said, the more you drink Diet Coke, the more you will be hooked on Diet Coke. The more you feed yourselves the things of this world, the more fleshly you will become. The more you abstain from Diet Coke, the less likely that you'll be interested in drinking it a few years from now. All right? But it's just hard to get my mind around that thing. Plus the other thing that my son says, and I don't mean to offend anybody with this, but it's true at least for me. He said, Dad, seriously, only fat people drink Diet Coke. <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? I don't know. Uh, it, it resonates with me. Well, what have you decided I'm, 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 I'm struggling. The, the, the Spirit is, is at work in me. I'm trying to determine... <coughs> I'm, trying to de- <coughs> I'm trying to determine the Spirit's leading here. And it's coffee, right? Yes, it's got some caffeine in it. Yes, it does. 
<coughs> yeah, I could say the same thing about, about you coffee drinkers, all right? <clears throat> um, so the idea is both the sinful nature and the spirit of God, uh, of God are in a constant battle. And Tony has said this before, I think I'm getting it right. Whatever we feed grows. Whatever we feed grows. Feed yourself with the things of the world and your flesh will grow. And it says in uh, Galatians, the things of the world, the sinful nature, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. You start feeding yourself with these things and you will grow less and less like Jesus. But then he says... If you start feeding yourself with the fruit of the Spirit, which we'll look at in a minute, you will become more and more like Jesus. <coughs> Feed yourself with the things of the Spirit, and Christ-likeness will grow. So, I think I'm pretty good at, at, at throwing, out a, throwing out a phrase. And so in sermon prep this week, this was the phrase that came to me. I think it's twofold. It's got two meanings here. Our diameter is determined by our diet. Alright? You got that? Our diameter, and you can look at it from the physical side of things, our diameter, waist size maybe, is determined by our diet. But I think you can look at it in a spiritual way. Our diameter, as far as godliness is determined by our diet. What are we feeding ourselves? The Holy Spirit helps us to overcome the evil one. If we are feeding ourselves with fleshly things, like the things that are listed here, hatred and uh, envy and rage and jealousy, if we're feeding ourselves with that, our spiritual diameter will be very thin. But if we are feeding ourselves with the next point, and it's number five, the Spirit helps us produce good fruit, and that good fruit is found in Galatians 5, verse 22. If the Spirit is, if we're feeding on the fruits of the Spirit, then our godly diameter will increase, if you get the point. All right, so... It says, hey, the acts of the sinful nature, they're obvious. All those things are listed here. But, it says in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's the goal, that's the idea here, <clears throat> is that the Spirit helps us produce good fruit. And that good fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. It's through the conviction and power of the Holy Spirit that we push away the works of the flesh and replace them with the fruit of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18 explains it this way.
And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed. There you go, that word, transformed. Sanctification, the process. Are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And then number six. The Spirit gives us gifts to serve the church. The Spirit gives us gifts to serve the church. <clears throat> Gift verses, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. Those are the gift uh, chapters. And I just want for a moment to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 through 11. Now, he says, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. <clears throat> to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. So one of the ways the Holy Spirit enables us to be more like Jesus and to serve the church is He gives every Christ follower what is called a spiritual gift. God the Holy Spirit presents to each believer a spiritual gift to be used in the church for the glory of God. Our responsibility then is to discover our gift and use it primarily in the church for the edification of the body of Christ. Now, I've, uh, so I, I think I told you in my notes, I've got pink things that are really important, I've got orange things that are important, and I've got yellow things that are just I need to say those yellow things. But I've got this <clears throat> in, um, in orange. And it says this. Attending church is not a spectator sport. Attending church is not a spectator sport. You have been given, each of us have been given, a spiritual gift. And depending on uh, what, what books you might read, there are somewhere between 15 and 20 spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are given to you as a channel by which the Holy Spirit ministers to the body of Christ. And that's why it's very important for you to find your gift, determine what it is, <clears throat> and outside by the refreshments there's a handout. If you're considering, you know, I'm not sure what my gift is, um, there's a handout out there that you can take a look at. Your responsibility is finding your gift finding what, you're, what you've been spiritually gifted for, and then using that gift within the body of Christ. That's what this whole idea here is with point number six. You become more like Jesus when you use the spiritual gifts that you're given for the service of the church. Some of us <coughs> are AWOL. We are absent without leave. Some of us are not uh, participating in the work of the church and using our gifts. And I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but some people just come to church on Sunday mornings for an hour and then they go and we never see them again until the next morning. The Holy Spirit 
enables us to use our gifts for the glory of God and His church. And so that's a challenge for you. So, there are a plethora of concepts here about the Holy Spirit empowering us to be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God. The Holy Spirit leads believers into all truth. The Holy Spirit empowers us to witness. The Holy Spirit helps us overcome the evil one. The Holy Spirit helps us produce good fruit. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to serve the church. On the very bottom of your bulletin, <clears throat> it says the empowering of the Holy Spirit is a continuous miracle that enables us to be more like Jesus till we meet Him in glory. And that Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. It's full. It's full of good things. And uh... Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.